0: Medicine in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education, and Notes by Nicole. Looking for a new career? Check us out at ce.uci.edu for our career boosting courses. Looking for some trip ideas or getting the most from your vacation? Check out Notes by Nicole at n-o-t-e-s-b-y-n-i-k-o-l dot com. Welcome back to the Us in Paris podcast. I'm Zen, and this is a podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. And with me today is Nicole.
1: Hi. Hey. Nice to meet
0: you. Hey. Nice uh, to meet Eileen. me. Hi. Nice to be here. Right. It's
1: been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day. Hi, guys. So excited to be here.
0: <laughs> also, here is Tanya. Tanya, hi
2: everyone. How's everyone doing? There's someone. There's an extra person in here. I know it, right?
0: <laughs> yes, we are excited. um That the extra person in the room is Aaron. Hello, yes. Aaron.
3: Hey guys, how's it going?
0: Excellent, excellent. What? Um, so Aaron Miller, we're super excited to have Aaron Miller here today. And Nicole, why don't you tell?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, we're recently introduced to Aaron from a common acquaintance, and we knew that we had to have him on our podcast. And here's why um, Aaron Miller is the two time winner of the British Guild of Travel Writers Travel Writer of the Year, as well as the host of Armchair Explorer, which was named the best travel podcast by The Guardian and praised as ear candy for listeners by The Washington Post. As a travel writer, Aaron has amassed a collection of crazy, hilarious, and occasionally <laughs> deadly stories. I can't you wait know. to dig into this. <laughs> a couple of examples for everyone to just wrap your mind around. Uh, for starters, he survived the Thailand uh, 2004 tsunami, wow. which, wow. Uh, he trekked with Shugendo monks in Japan. Uh, he camped while hanging from the cliffs of the Colorado Rockies. I, it gives me anxiety to think about that. Right. And also completed a 100-mile pub crawl in the UK and so much more. Obviously, we're delighted and honored to have you here. Hi, Aaron. Oh, thank, you thank you so thank much for, for that lovely
3: us. introduction. Can you just like every time I walk into a room or just like kind of like blow a little trumpet <laughs> and do that that wonderful, generous <laughs> introduction? That was very kind of you. You know,
0: I... Yeah, I always say you had to have what's my life. I always wanted to have good bar stories. So like when you're a bar, you could tell a story. <laughs> it seems like I would just listen to you the whole night because nothing <laughs> would compare.
3: As long as I'm buying the drinks, right? That, <laughs> as long as it? you're
0: buying the drinks. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, that's what it's all about. Nice it's cool. all about collecting good, so, uh, good tales. You can tell your mates down the pub and uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> wrangle a free drink album for it.
1: That's awesome. So, Aaron, we have a ton of questions for you. And for all of our listeners who are probably catching the accent... We can tell you're not from Tennessee. <laughs>
3: I'm not, I can love Tennessee. I'm not from Tennessee though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool's cool place. Yeah, no originally. Can you
1: tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. yeah, no
3: originally I'm from the UK. I've actually lived out in Colorado for quite a long time so I've got this weird mid-Atlantic accent. You guys have stolen All a right. bunch of my vowels so now my accent is kind of somewhere between the UK and, and the US which everyone thinks is Australian but it's, but it's not. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of, uh, I ran away to Colorado Uh, just over 10 years ago you know colorado famously gets 300 uh, 300 days of sunshine a year and the uk gets the other 65 so i feel like i've sort of (laughs) traded up and i'm not going back london's not having me back so you're stuck with me over here now (laughs) (laughs) can't blame you that's
0: awesome so you know you told us a little bit about you coming from london but you know like you have a podcast um, i understand you're a writer um could you First of all, could you tell us a little bit about your podcast?
3: Oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's called Armchair Explorer. I saw it. Yeah, you're right. I started as a travel writer. Um, I was, I was working in London and doing a job that I was kind of one of the, you know, I was staring out the window more than I was staring at my computer and, <laughs> um, and just decided to, you know, give it a go. I, I, I would always wanted to be a, a writer and I thought, you know, it's now or never, I was knocking on the door of 30 and I thought if I don't do this now, it's not going to happen. So I no. just took a, a, a massive risk, but, um, it ended up paying off, and I've been a, a travel writer since then. Um, I cover a lot of North American stuff for the UK press, but I, pretty much anything that makes me kind of smile, gulp, sweat, or laugh out loud is I'm happy to cover. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. Like uh, getting into podcasting was kind of my COVID pivot, if you like. I feel like everyone uh, needed one of wow. those that worked in the travel industry when it just completely shut down. And yeah. um, I've always been a, been a musician. I, I am a musician. Well, I always joke I'm a drummer, so I really just hang around with musicians. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, I kind of knew my way around a studio a little bit. And I was writing all these articles, these travel articles, and um, And my goal when I'm writing an article is always to try and like drop the reader into the, what I call like a peak moment from that experience. Like one of those, you know, the story that you're going to tell your friends down the pub when you come back home, those incredible moments. And you always try and and put the reader into that experience and hopefully give them a little glimpse of what it feels like to be there. And I've, I always thought, like, God, you know, to do a, these stories in audio would be just amazing because you know, if you add music to anything, it makes it better and. I think crucially with travel, when you hear the ambience of a place, when you hear the sound of a place, it it really comes alive. And when you hear people's voice and passion, like we oh, yeah. all can kind of intuitively pick up on someone's, you know, when they when they love someone and they're talking enthusiastically, and and you know that that was something that you sort of can't fake. Um, so I started to sort of try and translate the 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 stories I was telling into into audio, but I really wanted to do it. In a way that was just really focused on the storytelling. So um, it's not an interview show, it's more like a little mini documentary type thing where it's we interview one of the world's greatest adventurers uh, every episode and um, kind of put their story of one of their best expeditions or experiences uh, to music and sound and and hopefully just create a kind of immersive uh, experience. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for asking me about that.
2: Well, your life sounds really boring. Huh? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very jealous, and, but uh, I think we were going to ask, we had on the back of our heads, um, how the travel influenced your writings, but I think you just explained that and, and the same and that is how you came to your career. It's really fun that it's kind of evolved into different things. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, how do you, I know you bring in guests, but your adventures, how do you come up with what crazy thing to do next and yeah how that's does that that's a great happen?
3: question well mm-hmm. first of all yeah I kind of fell into travel right most of my writing now is is travel um, and I just love inspiring people with the outdoors and that's what the show about too is like mm-hmm. I think like the first step in conservation in a way is is falling in love with the outdoors especially so many of us are kind of in cities now and, and often disconnected from that and with travel it's also about like meeting different cultures understanding different ways of life that's, that's so fascinating and I just think it's one of the joys of life so um, I I absolutely love writing about it, Um, but I kind of fell into it and uh, I did this um, insane, I had this insane idea, like sometimes like insane ideas are the the best ideas. Um, And I've been kind of trying to make it as a writer for a few months, um, trying to get published and had some small things published. Um, And I was living in, uh, I grew up in a town called Brighton on the south coast of England, about an hour south of London. And it's surrounded by what's called the South Downs, which are like these beautiful kind of rolling, lush green hills. Um, And, you know, like quintessentially English, surrounded by like Mm -hmm. cookie cutter farmlands and little villages and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, And uh, they had just announced that they're going to turn this into a national park. So it was like a big announcement. And i thought wow what could you do to celebrate like turning my home turf into a into a national park yeah and that the thing that there's like a hundred mile footpath that crosses the the whole sort of breadth of this national park it goes from eastbourne which is a town on the coast to winchester and winchester is famous it got like winchester cathedral it was the seat of oh, king wow. alfred it's like this 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 really historically important town in england and people would walk from from Eastbourne where they would get off the you know the boats the ships um, as traders, as pilgrims, they would walk this footpath um, to Winchester, and the whole footpath has actually been walked for thousands of years because it was where you know the drovers, the people that would take their sheep and cattle and other places, they would they would use the spine of these downs to um, to cross it. So it's it's been walked for uh, for a very long time. But because people were doing this, uh, they there's a, a load of what they call coaching inns, which are basically pubs now, but these Coaching in sprung up along the the trail where, um, you know, walkers, the people on it, could could stop and get a meal at night and you know, rest, uh, rest for the night. And, um, so dotted all, I realized I like dotted all along this trail where all these pubs, like loads of them is, are still mm. open, really historic, beautiful pubs. Um, you know, my local actually, when I, when I lived in that area, it was a 600 year old pub called the George. It's like walking into like a little medieval wow. set where you've got like duck down every everywhere and stuff. And, um, I thought, what better way to celebrate than doing a hundred-mile pub crawl? Uh, that's and so really
2: fun. That's, that's what I did. That
3: was my sort of break oh. into travel writing.
2: I, I have okay. to share. I went to, um, I know Winchester. I actually went mm. there when I, I'm geeky and I like. I went to the BBC History Conference. <laughs>
1: Oh, and wow. nothing wow.
3: geeky about that. I love history too.
2: <laughs> it was amazing. I wish I could have stayed longer. It was the most beautiful thing, and I, I still, I want to go back. Um, so it's really cool. I'm kind of like, um, now starstruck because you live there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about anyway,
2: that. I just had to throw that in. Um, no, going to awesome. say, well, um, <laughs> I was going to
0: ask. Okay, so now you've told us about. This kind of adventure. What do you do to plan for something like that? Did you, no. I mean, did you go? I'm going to walk a mile a day. Did you let, I mean, where yeah. did you stay? Did you make arrangements ahead of time where you just like, you know what? I- I'm going to grab a bag with like a t shirt and a pair of underwear and just go. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> what, what level?
3: A little bit of both. Like there was definitely a little bit of planning because because no one had done it before. There wasn't like I mean it's it, lots of people walk the South Downs Way. They just don't do it drinking the the entire way, right? So I, there was some <laughs> there was some logistical elements around like figuring out the pubs and i would try and hit like three or four pubs a day which is which is really fun and if you've ever like hiked tipsy it's great i've never done it before but it's fantastic <laughs> that could be a pod-
2: podcast wrong. in itself
3: uh, yeah walking tipsy so- no, is a hit right there it's me and you we got it but um <laughs> but yeah so it's really uh, uh it was really a combination of that and because basically the way it works a lot of time in, in journalism is they wanted this to run on the like the day that it was announced that the, that the park, you know, the new park was open. Um, So I had to do it like a few months before then, which meant I had to do it in February, which meant because it's England, it was torrential rain and freezing cold. It was like one of the wettest, horriblest weeks you could ever imagine. It was like, I, the only way I would have stayed dry is if I had a submarine with me. It was like, it was, it was that <laughs> wet, And, um, so it was, it was, it was definitely a little bit planned, but not that much. But also I think sometimes like the, those elements of, um, you know, the unknown, not knowing are, are the best parts of an, an adventure. Well. And it did work out that way in many ways, because, you know, history buff, it was, I was walking through some fantastic history. Like you pass, um. In Ditchling Beacon, for example, they had these beacons, which, um, you know, going back, I think, to the 1600s, when they were worried about the Spanish Armada coming, they would... They built this like network of beacons that they could light a, you know, a fire that would then that signal would pass on and, and they would be able to p- kind of prepare for it. So you pass that, you pass like Iron Age hill forts, you, you know, you pass uh, Roman roads and villas. So it's, it's really, um, it's really fascinating from that point of view. But the thing that really stuck with me was the people that I met along the way of because course, it is yeah. kind of a crazy yeah, thing to do. And a lot of these <laughs> pubs are like, Really small village pubs too. So you right. you know you'd come down off the off the hill. The, the trail kind of follows the top of these rolling uh, hills, um, and I'd come down off the top of that into a little village. And you know when you walk into a little village pub, it's like everything stops. Like the pool ball stops you, rolling, man. the music stops playing, yeah. everyone turns at you. And uh, you know, like, what is this Rout kind tension. of crazy, soaking wet person with an entire like trekking uh, bag on their backs doing in February, coming into our, our pub in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> so it's a great icebreaker. Like immediately, everyone wants to wants to say hi, and then you know, um, you know, five minutes later, you're hearing all the local gossip and eating cream teas with you know the, the local granny or something like that. So um, the that's people that so I cool. met were were what really made it, and of that's course. so often the case with travel. Yeah.
1: So
0: and you went
3: alone or did you go yeah. with someone
0: else okay no i and, went alone and how many pubs did you actually hit
3: so i think i did about 21 22 i think in the end so i was trying to so i'd always like end the night in a pub and stay in a pub and I see. um okay and then Sam, uh, really i would hit like two this. or three oh, on yeah. the what on the day <laughs> sort of definitely one for around lunch and then probably one in between and um, it sort of depends some days more than others just it cuz it really had to flow with what the the trail was doing but yeah it was about about 22 mile yeah. right now So I, I get- wow. got to visit
2: you and tell, ask you way more questions in person about this pub thing
3: Oh I got to tell you about the best one too actually um so when when people would walk this historically right you get to Winchester and they would knock on the abbey door there's like the Winchester abbey and uh-huh they would request what's called the Wayfarer's Dole, which was a glass of beer and a a slice of bread, right? And to this day, if you knock on the Abbey door, they will still give you the Wayfarer's Dole. So right at the end of the walk, I'd done a hundred miles, I'd gotten to Winchester, I've done it. I'm thinking, are they really gonna do this? They're gonna laugh at me. Like, are they really gonna do this? I'm gonna knock on the door and, and see what happens. And I was like, I'm. Requesting the wayfarer's dull and they're like, "Yeah, come in. Oh, here's here's your beer. Wow. Here's your bread," and they they keep that tradition up. And you know, the beer was like, it was like tepid tea. You know, it was warm. <laughs> it was it was just like it was anti beer, basically. But uh, but it was the best one of the whole trip.
2: Oh, that sounds really good. Now we have to go, you guys.
3: You gotta okay. go. Aaron, I have something for you. Just
0: just keep this in the back of your mind. So. I lived in Columbus, Ohio when I was a student and there's something called the Dick's Den Marathon and it's a bar marathon that starts in the short north and people start out with a shot of whiskey and a shot of beer and then they run five miles down the street to the local shopping mall and then they pick up a bottle of whiskey and you have to transport the bottle of whiskey back to the original bar that you started in and it's a race and it's timed and so the thing is that there used to be like an olympian who did it in the 70s or something like that and he was like crazy fast but then there's other people who like actually embellish embellish the race and they go to every single bar along the way and have a shot of beer or have a drink of beer and then along the five and i understand it's the longest it's taken is like Two days for someone to get back <laughs> to the original to the original bar. But What's they eventually the made it back. It's What's called the the, the It's called the Dick's Den. Um oh it's Dick's look, Den. I just it's it's
3: just kind of like a marathon. marathon I think yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, I'm really great goodness. at the whiskey par anyway. So it's like if it's yeah. scored fifty fifty, I feel like I'm halfway there.
0: Yeah, there you go. Wow, well, wow. Well. so <laughs> on your way. So this
3: is different.
0: Uh, you know, I also heard a story that you Slept in people's gardens? Oh my
3: god! Right. Yeah. So this is, is this uh, I true? got pigeonholed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, so like, I you know, I kind of so I did this. That was like my first job, that I a big job that I got as a as a travel writer. And then I think like editors were like, oh, this this guy will do anything, you know. Like, so <laughs> like, <laughs> I got like pigeonholed as that like insane guy for a little that while there. Um, and that's this is a really cool story because. Uh, it was another long distance trek but with a kind of crazy twist to it and this website had just come out it was like before airbnb i think we're going back like 12 years or so and um and it was a little bit like couch surfing without the couch so you'd you'd basically it was called camp in my garden and you basically book someone's backyard to put your tent in and um which is you know a strange thing to do anyway but like i imagine if you lived near a festival or something like that it would kind of make sense right but i thought like what would be like the like the craziest application of of this you know and there's um a footport a footpath called the capital ring which which basically is 78 miles around the whole circumference of london like the greater london so it kind of loops round uh the whole way And it's meant to be walked in like places, in in, spots and sections. I don't think anyone really does the whole thing because some of it's really gorgeous along the Thames and like these historic parks and stuff like that. But a lot of it's just like through urban, suburban areas, you know, and and, um, which I found out once once I'd started. So I thought, this is perfect. I'm going to walk the whole Capitol ring and I'm going to stay in strangers' back gardens along the way. And, (laughs) uh and yeah it, it 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 worked out i'm surprised people let me like i felt like there was yeah, a lot of trust me booking yeah. booking <laughs> into someone's backyard but it was like way more trust for them to you know to let a stranger into their backyard but again it was like about that meeting people you know um it was like the first couple that i stayed with really nice couple i kind of um I turned up and they'd had like and it was you know it was kind of cold and and they had like some cheese and wine laid out and i was like in their front room and we were drinking wine and and listening to music and then there was like that awkward moment where it was like right i'm gonna go pitch my tent in your backyard then and and, uh (laughs) (laughs) it was horrible they're like in this beautiful warm little flat and i kind of like walk out into their backyard and next thing you know i'm pitching a tent and cooking you know beans on my camp stove staring at i was like a little i felt like a (laughs) naughty puppy who'd been put outside (laughs) and i was just like "Mm, let me in and um it was and then like next door was having a, a barbecue and so there was like lots of music playing and i was like this is like a really oh, no. bad festival camping. This is like, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is just like, what is this? And uh, wow. and then the next couple were, were really interesting. Um, I'm way out in suburbia now. And like doing the walk, I felt like I was like perpetually chasing a bus that I was destined not to catch. You know, I was like in full trekking gear because I had my whole tent and all that gear walking through huh. like suburban London with people going like, what the hell? is that guy doing you know and um and then i so anyway i turn up in this this little little house and this like older couple and the the woman's from singapore and she's like i've made dinner and and she had prepared this like singaporean feast of like seven courses and like of different curries and side dishes and all that and we just spent like you know like three hours sharing this meal together and it was it was a real glimpse into their life you know you kind of go into a complete stranger's life but uh you know only for a few hours and and it was uh it was a a really uh, beautiful experience the last one wasn't so nice the garden had an infestation of snails and i'm I'm like that is my that's snails are not my thing like you you could say to me what's the worst thing that could happen to you i'd say waking up in a tent with hundreds of snails all around you. <coughs> oh god! And, yeah, that happened.
1: Wow, that is so creepy, but exciting all at the same time.
3: Yeah, that's um, a lot of fun. I'm
1: noticing. I'm noticing a trend here. You like to camp a lot, and I, I'm still like holding off to ask this question. But Do it. it looks like you took it from you took it from people's gardens to like an extreme cliff. Yeah, um, oh, how was that different? And yeah, well, how do you several factors of terrifying
3: like beyond yes. tra- yeah. playing with a stranger? Um, it's uh, yeah, it was. So in Colorado, they they do this thing where um, I, the, the guy kind of came up with it a while ago, and. Um, or they the portal edges are these things if anyone's listening that doesn't know where where a mountaineer or a climber that's doing like a multi-day ascent up a cliff they need somewhere to to sleep at night so they'll they'll kind of haul these portal edges they're called um behind them and they're like tents that you would that you would just like anchor into the cliff um and so normally like you have to be a pretty extreme mountaineer to do that but this company was like you know what Let's just like make it a hotel suite, you know, like the scariest hotel suite in oh, the world. Wow. So you could <laughs> yeah. you could book them and um and and basically they'll uh, their climbing guide will climb up and and set up this this portal ledge uh, for you, and then the idea is you spend the night up there. And so what happened to me though was so I I climbed up and I you know I've I've done a quite a bit of climbing at, uh, at this point and and I really love it, but I do have a little. Uh, fear of heights, anyway, but just a um, little. Wow, <laughs> but but you know, I loved being in the mountains and climbing. So I thought I'm gonna, I'm you know, I wasn't like a hundred percent looking forward to it, but I was like, this is going to be a wonderful experience. I got to do it. I've got a problem with saying no wow. to things. I just feel like. <sighs> If it's not overly dangerous, you should just do it <laughs> yeah. and see what happens, right? And um, so, anyway, so I've got this. So our, our guide is this guy. I took my wife as well, which is stupid because, like, if you're doing something <laughs> oh where you're camping God. on a cliff, don't orphan your children. You know, you know what I right. mean? Right. Like, at the, two at the like same leave time. one of you right. behind. Right. Yeah, right. do it one at a time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, and. So I go up first and our guide's already up there. He's like this James Bond of climbing, like super cool guy. And um yeah. and I get up there and there's like dark clouds coming in and, oh. and yeah, you know, some thunder and he's kind of keeping his eye out and and I'm already freaked out because I had wrongly assumed that Portal Edge would be like sitting on you know ground it would be solid and it's not it's Uh like sitting on a surfboard in like wavy conditions so you anywhere you're kind of spinning around in it and it feels really exposed and really insecure and um but i'm cool because i'm with like buster this this great climbing guy and he's in charge and then all of a sudden uh, there's a flash of lightning really close to us and and the bang and buster starts like mumbling to himself okay don't forget anything everyone get down i gotta get everyone down safely okay oh I know, oh, Emily, no. and so next thing i know we're doing like an emergency repel down from the oh. portal edge because oh because lightning kills people in rocky mountain national park every year it's like one of the most dangerous most of things the time, yeah and um <laughs> so we do this emergency you know repel down to the ground and secretly i'm like thank God. You know, I I tried, I don't have to do it now. I gave it my best (laughs) shot. And, um, (laughs) you know, the weather God sort of spared me, but he's not having none of that. He's like, he's like, no, no, (laughs) we're just going to wait it out. And then we're going to walk around the back of this cliff. And, um, then we're just going to rappel down from the top of the cliff to the to the portal yeah. edge and we'll do it that way i'll show like, oh, you Right. <laughs> okay. oh no wow oh. and uh so we're like so then it, we waited it out it's dark now we bushwhack up through this this like forest to get to the top and then the first thing that happens is there's like a giant it's not a crevasse but if you can imagine like a giant crack in the cliff that just plummets down for hundreds of feet and it's only about as wide as a sidewalk. So you could easily leap to the other side. And like Buster okay. is just like, look, it's easy. And he jumps across and <laughs> jumps back and jumps across again. Oh. And I'm like, no. what? wait a minute. We're not roped up or anything. And I'm like, y- I- I'm going to jump across this, you know? And then my wife goes and she's like, yeah, it's easy. I'm like, well, wait a second. No, <laughs> I-, I can't be the last person because it's dark as well. And uh so I did that oh. and I'm like, oh, phew, did the scariest thing. But that was not, the sc- I wasn't even close to the scariest thing because the next thing we had to do <laughs> was he oh. then ties this rope up, oh, this to, uh, up to a boulder at the top. And then we have to like rappel down to the, the portal edge. Mm-hmm. And I've done a bunch of like rappelling and stuff before. And it's it's all right if you see what you're doing, but this is like pitch blackness. It's like rappelling oh, into my the God. Into <laughs> blackness. And really quickly, you know i couldn't see anyone it was hard to hear hard to hear what buster was saying up there i was just kind of on my own in this insane position in pitch blackness and he had thought he'd worked it out so that i would just drop straight down to the portal edge untie, you know tie into the cliff and everything would be all right but he'd misjudged it so i was no. like 20 feet to no. the left and a little bit too high no up. no oh, no it's like and a I'm bungee like,
0: rope that's the wrong length. that
3: doesn't sound I <laughs> right? No, and i was like what am, what am i what am i doing and we couldn't hear <laughs> him and eventually he's like you gotta swing like a pendulum and get over there and i'm like no you have to come down and then you do the swinging and i'll wait here you know and he's like no, you literally can't do that you have to get to the portal ledge, or otherwise you're stuck or you have to climb back up which i couldn't so um so yeah, next wow. time now I'm like swinging on, like trying to like momentum myself onto this portal edge. and then like it's too I'm too sh- like the rope's too short, so I have to kind of like tie myself in somehow, and then down climb a little bit. So it was um, it was t- terrifying, but and then it got even worse because <laughs> of course, of course, on- it did. oh I I- now we have to sleep <laughs> there, right? Like I'm already terrified. Right. I'm re- I, like I've done it, great. Now now I'm ready to to go down. Um, but we have to spend the night there. And, uh, so, but my wife took the, the inside track, right? So she's next to the cliff and then I'm the other side, but I'm on the outside track. That means, so I've got like hundreds of feet of empty space, just screaming at me on, on one side. And there's like that ancient part of your brain, you know, that's like, what are you doing? What did you think was going to happen? What, you know, why are you doing, why are you here? And, um, so I couldn't sleep a wink. It was like terrifying. I kept feeling like I was going to oh, spin over. God. But then the sun rose. And when the the dawn broke, it was just beautiful. It was this stunning sunrise. And it just flooded color into the valley. And we could see all these little lights of um, Estes Park is the town that's on the, on the outskirts of Rocky Mountain National Park. And we could see like you know, miles away, all these little lights coming on and people getting ready for work. And Buster goes to me. Look at all those people down there. None of them knows what it feels like to be here. None of them wow. knows what it's oh,
1: like. Wow.
3: And I think that's why you do it. And you know, in that moment, it was it was worth it. All of it was worth it because to have that experience, you know, sometimes the best experiences you do have to work for a little bit. And that's what this yeah. felt like. I was like so privileged to to see this view, to be in this place um and it and it just felt amazing and then i abselled down kissed the ground and swore i'd never do anything like that
2: again. <laughs> until the next time so safe time. to say
1: you, you you wouldn't do it again would you it was like a one and done yeah it was or a little bit consider- like when i went
3: parachuting and like for uh-huh. for you know about two minutes after i landed i was i was gonna get my parachuting license that's it i'm like that was amazing i'm gonna be a professional parachuter i'm getting my license and uh and exactly like two minutes in one second i was like i'm never doing that
1: never during- I oh, yeah. like, I doing
3: that
1: <laughs> yeah some adventures are only really meant to have once and really yeah
3: exactly yeah, really
1: exactly. take the most advantage that one time that <laughs> lasts a whole kissing. lifetime
2: other than kissing the ground when you you're on you know you got there do you have any other rituals that you follow
3: um Is, do you prepare
2: well, or finish
3: it, uh, for like in general for trips and stuff like yeah, that yeah. yeah that's a really good question you know i, I think because i'm writing about a lot of these trips what i'm i'm sort of thinking about how to convey that as i'm doing it in some ways so i think that after I've ha- like I try and in the moment to have the experience, but then mm. after it, I try and go to my journal and write some notes about what it felt like and some of the details and um, right. just so you remember that in the moment. Because I think that when you, when you recollect, you know, the next day or the day after, you can lose some of that intensity of the moment. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, a lot of the times what I'm doing is trying to, to capture those, those, both the external Experience of it, like what we did and what the what the, well you know what they said and and what it looked like and details are so important in travel writing. So you're trying to remember those little little details before right. you forget them. But also the the internal experience, the feeling of it. And I think travel writing is really unique in uh, forms of journalism because yeah. it's first person and you are allowed and supposed to put some of yourself into it. Like most feature writing and journalism. You know, you're you're kind of taking a step back and you're reporting something or reporting, yeah. You know, yeah, you're not you're not part of the story. But in travel writing, when you you are part of the you are the story, like the main character, and you're trying to take people along with you. And so you have to find a way to write it that's not too personal to you. If you write it too personal to you, then uh, then it's hard for the reader to yeah. put themselves there. Um, but just enough of it that you can give people a, a glimpse of what it felt like, and hopefully they can get some of that feeling too.
2: Um, I was gonna follow up with it sounds like you could almost teach it do you teach some of this
3: I did for a while I taught okay. it at a at a university in in London and that's how I met a load of 18 year olds and that's why I
2: started. <laughs> okay got it all right yeah
3: no Tell no it was I'm joking it was really fun but um uh yeah no it was like oh god yeah now I remember what it's like to be that age and not want to do and like even a travel writing course you don't want to do it's like yeah you know um but it was really fun I I I taught it online for a bit as well and and um I do actually really love teaching it because it's there's such a there's such a kind of art to it all writing has a has a, a different kind of flow and art to it but for me travel writing is a little bit like i always say some of my my biggest tips for it are you know you have to be like a camera like you have uh-huh. to establish like a wide shot but you also have to zoom in and and pick out details And details are what makes things come alive and actually this like translates to the storytelling i try and do with um armchair explorer as well is is you have to give enough details to allow someone to imagine it like good writing um always you feel like you own it like when you know you read a book like a novel and and it's like a good book is always better than the movie because the book has come alive in your imagination and because of that you own it and um i think audio can do the same thing and perhaps even more effectively because someone's telling you a story in your ear and storytelling is such an important part of um, human culture going back forever, you know, sitting mm-hmm. around the fire, telling stories, or as children we we hear bedtime stories and stories right. kind of define us in some ways. So I think the telling stories is, you know, the, a gift to be able to do it first of all, and then to kind of, um, be able to do it in audio is is even more special for me because it's it's like I'm speaking directly to someone and, and I think that's um it can be really powerful if you get it right
2: yeah that sounds magical very nice
1: <laughs> yeah it does wow well um I was hoping we could also ask you about the um the tsunami I think that was an interesting tidbit yeah. in your intro that what to hear about it. yeah
3: this is a this is a really insane story. It's obviously not a, a funny story, but <laughs> right. it, um, but it's really it's it's really um, it's just incredible. I even want to think about it to this day. So, I was traveling in um, Thailand. There's a place in Thailand called Tonsai and Railay Beach where it's like renowned as a, a climbing destination, and I'd gone there with my now wife, then girlfriend, uh, for like a month kind of backpacking around and, and doing some climbing. And um, before I left on this trip, I I had this sense that, you know, and I don't believe in any of this. It's not that I don't believe in any of it. I'm just agnostic about the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I had this real sense of, and I said to Jill, I was like, yeah. I, I just have this sense that, like, I might not come back from this. And oh, I like, don't, be, wow. don't be ridiculous. And like, I went to see my mom and I like said things to like my mom and dad. And uh, then on the plane, I had a full full blown panic attack. I was like, oh. we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be on this plane. Wow. Um, but of course I kind of talked myself out of it. I was like, this is, you know, this is, this is stupid. You've booked this whole holiday. You've spent the money, you know, on you go. And and then we got there and saw Bangkok and we went and, you know, did some diving, got our paddy down in Phuket and kind of forgot about it. And our plan was to to go to this, to go to Raleigh Beach. So Tonsai is this kind of like bohemian kind of cool place. Um, and then Raleigh Beach has some, uh, like little nice kind of boutique hotels and Import. we've been backpacking and staying at hostels. So the plan was over Christmas, yeah. we'd, we'd get like a nice hotel room and, um, you know, and and hopefully on the beach and have some like just uh, chill out time. And, but we were going to go first of all, to this Island called Kopipi, right? Which is uh, a, the, the next one along a little bit further along. And then we met some people on the boat and they took a ferry across and they talked us out of going to Copipi to this island, to Kopipi. They oh. said, no, um, you know, it's great, but you should go here first. Like, it's such a good community. You'll love it. And so on a whim, we were like, all right, let's just go here. Let's just get off at this stop. Um, and the pretty much the whole island of Kopipi was destroyed in the My tsunami they had like 90-something percent casualties because it's, it's a really – there's no mountainous area for it. Um, so that was the first thing. Um, and then we um, – Got off, got to this Raleigh Beach place, and we spent like two or three hours walking around trying to find a room, and there are no rooms. Like, we just couldn't find anywhere, and we were absolutely gutted. And um, so we had to, like, hike over this trail to this other area, Tonsai, and uh, Raleigh Beach was the beach that was totally wiped out, and Tonsai was was way more protected. And um, then we get to Tonsai, and we're like, all right, it's fine. You know, we're going to stay at more of like a hostly type place, but let's find somewhere on the beach, right? And so we're walking up and down the beach and the beach is totally booked out. And then the next layer back from the beach is totally booked out. The only place we can find is like a five-minute walk up a really steep hill. Oh, and we're wow. so gutted. But of course, the whole beach was destroyed. Right. And um, and then so we've, we've got this place up on the hill and um, – our plan and we'd done lots of climbing and stuff like that and but we thought on it was a day after christmas which is called boxing day and um we the plan was that we were going to go out diving on on boxing day um but we'd been eating you know uh mostly vegetarian food while we were there but this little hostel we were staying at had gone to this big effort to make like a christmas turkey um, oh. And I didn't, I didn't eat meat, but my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, Jill, was like, "Oh, you know what? I've got to have a bite of this, otherwise, <laughs> um, otherwise it's just being rude." So she ate some of the turkey. And then the next overnight, she got terrible food poisoning. Oh so, no! So we had to cancel the diving, so we didn't oh, go diving. Jesus. Wow! And everyone that went no, out to the not, ocean it that it
2: is not meant for you
3: to board. It's insane, isn't Goodness. it? And everyone that went out in the ocean that day didn't didn't come back. Oh my god! So I god. went down that morning. It,
0: you mean it and, was his day? <laughs> yeah, it was
3: my day. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> wow. And then I went down that morning to, um, uh, and I met this guy, this Thai guy that I've been climbing with, and. Uh, he says you know where do you want to go there's this one area called like lord of the ties and there's another area called eagle wall which one do you want to go for and i thought uh, i don't know let's just go to the lord of the whatever's over here and he's like all right cool let's go eagle wall is just completely destroyed oh, and yeah, lord like- of the ties was uh <laughs> on a raised was like a raised <coughs> cliff out to sea uh so wow. it, it was it was fine but i was actually on a cliff rock climbing and um I saw this like white water, this surf in the distance, and I was like, hey, is that, I didn't know, does Thailand have surf? That looks kind of crazy, really far out. And he's like, no that that should not be there and we kind of huh. just watched it roll in it didn't look like big like in a movie you think it's it's like really really tall and if you were on ground level it would be you know I, I don't know how tall but you know 15 feet tall or something but not as big as you would think like in, wow. in a movie but it just goes back forever and so this wall of white water just coming wow. towards the beach wow and and then there was lots of there was a couple of sailboats and some Thai fishing boats and when I really got a perspective of how big and dangerous this was as it came over this sailboat it just completely swallowed it and and everything disappeared all the boats it rushed up onto Raleigh Beach it destroyed all the hotels and then it came in sets so there was two more sets after Ah. that and um, and so we waited we're all kind of stuck there because the only way off this thing is on the beach and so we're we waited um and then eventually because i got i'm like Shh, i gotta go back and find jill i don't know what's happened right. to her and um so eventually we kind of get down on the beach and we're running across the beach and there's like you know fishing boats and trees and there's no casualties because all the casualties were swept back out to sea so it's oh, just this my desolate, God. weird kind of desolate environment and um run across and and people are freaking out and I get to to our beach and I run up to our our hotel room and she's not there and I start oh, freaking wow. out oh. um and then I see that she she left a note on the door and it just said on top of the mountain and oh. um uh so I spent like an hour just wandering up this this mountain in through the forest Jeez. just like shouting her name oh, and then God. uh And then eventually she shouted back and she was with a group of like 20 or 30 people that had run up there and, you know, we were uh, reunited and and it was uh, obviously incredible, um, incredible moment. And, you know, we spent a few days, we were actually stuck there for about 10 days afterwards and, um, you know, helping the Thai people rebuild a little bit. And it was, it still affects me to this day, you know, because you don't know. Yep. all those coincidences that happen you don't like each one of those is yep. all of the dice you know yes um so uh and and also that kind of affected me in terms of you know in a negative way i guess i got really preoccupied with the idea of death and Marianne. what that meant and yeah. um but in a positive way kind of going through that experience ultimately led me a few years later to try and be a writer and to try and do all that and to leave a job I didn't want to do and um and just do something that you know that I really wanted to do because I guess you know it's a cliche but you don't know how much time you got so better go for it today so
2: amazing like life lessons yeah absolutely difficult situation and wow
3: absolutely Yeah, thank I think you can't go through stuff. No, that. Oh no, it's sharing. okay. I don't tell that story all that often, but it's. um wow. I'm always very happy to share it because it's it's an incredible story, and, and yeah. I think that you know maybe it, 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 if it can, I don't know. There, if you go through something like that, there are always going to be life lessons, whatever you want to take from it. Absolutely. Um, so maybe if you listen and t- t- get a little get a, a little bit of that, then that's great. Yeah,
1: thank you for yes. sharing. That that's an incredible story. Yeah.
2: It's like a movie. It could be a movie. It could be a book. Yeah. So anyway.
3: Well, actually, do you know the the Ewan McGregor? I've, I've yeah. just, I'm never going to watch it, but you know the Ewan McGregor movie about that? Yeah.
1: That I was watched set it. on
3: Raleigh Beach. I have that to was set on the beach we were on. So it's a very tough ski. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I've
2: seen a lot of things for um Tsunami, but I don't remember that. Yeah. Anyway, it's okay.
0: So, Erin, you, you've been so generous with us. You, you know, we want to be Sensitive to your time. Um, but at the same time, it's like uh, we want some people, uh, you've told so many great stories. How do we, how do our listeners find you um, and learn more about you and hear your podcast and hear more of these great stories?
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, the podcast called Armchair Explorer, just come over and check it out. If you, if you like travel, come and hang out. We'll, we'll you know, we'll get on well. Um, and actually, what we started to do is the, so we make all these kind of studio episodes, which is, really fun but recently we started doing these like on location episodes as well so oh. i kind of wanted to go another step further into well. like, immersing people into the destination so yeah um i'll go with uh my producer jason patton and he's developed like this kind of stereo recording technique almost like the spatial audio uh thing that for the earbuds mm-hmm. and um And so we go and we'll go on like a week trip and do all this amazing stuff and capture all this audio and speak to people and, and, you know, capture that experience in the moment. You know, we did a trip to, a week long trip around oregon and you know we we i went out kayaking i was super lucky that like a whale breached like 10 feet from my kayak wow and i swear to god he looked me in the eye i'm not kidding Uh it was like it came out and i was like oh my god i've looked a whale in the eye and you know into a redwood forest for the first time and climbing to the top of crater lake and you know those experiences while it's great to to write about them and hear about them if Mm -hmm. you can be in that moment if you can feel what it's like to be there and hear the the sound of the waves and um that just takes it to the next level so we've just done another series where we're kind of splitting it between these immersive on location adventures and then our and then the pieces where I'll I'll interview someone uh about their great adventures and and it's just this lovely kind of combination of of storytelling and yeah it's come and hang out (laughs) that's great I think I will. I think we all will. Uh, It sounds really good. Um,
2: I I want to ask one last thing, Zen. (laughs) Um, Something I think um, for us, how do you go about getting these amazing speakers to come on your podcast?
3: Yeah, you know, there's a, (laughs) I I don't know if it's a secret. I, I guess I was really lucky to have started in, in COVID in some ways. It's awful Man. to say that, but I think that everyone really needed an escape. Um, yeah, And so yeah. it was in the, in the beginning, it was just a matter of like kind of calling people up and emailing and being like, Hey, you know, I feel like a lot of people need to escape right now. How about we, we do this? This is what the episode's like. And was really lucky to get one or two people and then kind of managed to do it from there. But yeah, there's a word we have in, in England called blagging, which is like, um you know if you were to if if you go up to a a nightclub and they're like no you can't come in but then you manage to talk your way in you've blagged your way in basically that's like a verb and so mostly it was blagging my whole career to this day has been blagging so that's like my number (laughs) one skill (laughs) that's kind of
2: good um it reminded me nicole of what you did yeah um remember um might you might want to explain it um amazon
1: Oh, yes. You're talking about Amazon Explorer. Yeah, I actually was thinking about that uh, for context, Erin. I I used to, I've been in the travel industry for um, around 10 years now. And uh, I used to work in a team at Amazon. I actually joined um, March of 2020, right before the pandemic. (laughs) And I also saw how our industry was affected in so many ways. But I was able to kind of make a jump into... Uh, a really exciting project that uh, was called Amazon Explore, um, and it it connected customers in the U.S. with tour guides across the world through mm. live uh, stream sessions, like video sessions. Um, so I, I got to kind of uh, see the need for escaping as well, and since no one could travel. Um, physically, we were connecting people to parts of the world just virtually. So
3: that's such a cool project. I love that idea. Yeah. 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 You still is it still happening? I'd love to go check it out. Unfortunately,
1: it's, um, it's not. Um, I don't know why. We
0: do I want it. to do virtual tour with you, though, Erin.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 do that it would have been a great.
3: <laughs> no, we're all, I thought we were all going on the pub crawl for real. Like we don't <laughs> want to do this virtually. <laughs> you know,
2: Winchester. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow!
3: Yeah, we'll be cheersing the Wayfarers' dolls oh, to together.
2: <laughs> I think we could go on and on talking with you. Yeah. Um Did you tell us how the, they find you? Yes, right? How they yes. connect they with do. you? Yeah. All right. Well, then... I think, I don't know. I have to go back and see what I'm supposed to say. Hold on. <laughs> I,
3: know, I know that fairly.
2: I can't remember <laughs> where we are. I got so immersed into what I we're know. doing. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to say thank you for tuning in to meet our author <laughs> and podcaster, Erin Miller. Um, and we hope you all had as much fun as we did. I think we could go on and on asking questions. So thank you for your generous time. Yeah.
1: Um, thank also. you. It's been
3: so much fun. I, it really has been a lot of fun. You guys yeah, You guys are awesome. And I wanted to say, I love the name of your podcast, by the way. It's, <laughs> oh. uh, it just gives that sense of like the kind of free, uh, you know, sense of traveling at its best, you know, which uh, I absolutely love. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: <coughs> also, if you're newer to our podcast and you're listening in for the first time, check out some of our older um, episodes on Cuba, London, and of course, France, to name a few.
3: Awesome, now I will, yeah, I um, uh, I was listening to, to uh, is it Amy who went on a, a French cruise? Um yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, no, it's great, I love it, I love the spirit, like the, the way you guys talk about travel is, is the way I love to talk about travel too, so it's been really great um, setting this up, so thank you so much
0: great oh, thank you
1: thank awesome. you thank
0: you one last word Meet us in paris is a university of california irvine division of continuing education production in partnership with nosebynicole.com you spell nicole n-i-k-o-l and uh you can find division of continuing education at ce.uci.edu and thanks again for tuning in and be sure to find aaron when you're out about and about in looking for podcasts to listen to
1: Thank you everyone. Thank you.
2: Thank you you, Erin. Bye.